Welcome to the Seeds of Wisdom series, brought to you by From a Loving Place with author Rachel Wolf. If you like deep, meaningful conversations, this is your place. So settle in and enjoy today's guest. Disclaimer, the Seeds of Wisdom digs into some deep subject matter. In order to plant a seed, we have to dig in the dirt. That's how we grow. If any of the subject matter feels like too much, it is important to seek your own mental health support. I did, and it's why I'm able to be here doing this today. Hello and welcome to episode 22, and I'm so excited for this seed today. It is Focusing on Relationships to Increase Happiness with my special guest, Ali Wensky. I'm so excited to have you here. Her and my book came out within a, a short period of time from each other. So we kind of connected on social media around those times. And when the bond that came with coronavirus among authors happened, we were just always in each other's <laughs> uh, atmosphere. And I felt like I've wanted to talk to you since I first found you on Instagram. I think it was where we first connected or through Facebook group and then on Instagram. And I kept seeing everything she would put out and it just made me want to talk even more. So I'm so excited for today. Let me let you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do because you do so much. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. And it is such a pleasure to get to see you in, well, sort of in person <laughs> over Zoom. And we did connect during the pandemic. And I feel like that was such a difficult time for so many people. And you were just such a light. And so thank you for having me today and for connecting over that time. So it really is such a pleasure to be here. Oh, good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. So let's start by having you hold up your book and telling us a little bit about that and then how you got there. Yeah. So um, I'm Ali Wensky, the author of The Art of Happy Moving, How to Declutter, Pack, and Start Over While Maintaining Your Sanity and Finding Happiness. So it's quite a long title, <laughs> but I wanted to pack it all in. You know, there's a lot to talk about. And so my husband, Dan, and I, we moved 10 times in 11 years all around the country. So we moved from Massachusetts to Maryland to Ohio to California to Illinois to Tennessee and back to Illinois with a few local moves in there as well. And I'm originally from Miami, Florida. So I have really, you know, gone around the country with different moves. And I wanted to talk about the you know, the logistics of moving, because I've, I've done a lot of that decluttering and packing and all and all those things. But what really was important to me was more after the move. And what happens once you get there, because I had had a difficult experience when I was moving from, um, where were we? <laughs> the many places we were in Chicago, and we moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had lived all around the country. And I never really gave it much thought of making new friends. And and how that would come about. And so when I moved there, we didn't know anybody there. We moved with our three children and it was really hard to make new friends. And so that was kind of the start of all of this. My blog, The Art of Happy Moving, my book, The Art of Happy Moving, uh, was really to focus on that part of it. How do you make friends when you move to a new city and how it impacts us when we are not in strong relationships or having people around us that we need. And so that was really the reason that I wrote my book. 
Oh, I love that. And in it, obviously it segues perfectly into why you have the seed of um, focusing on relationships to increase happiness. So where did that come from? Well, I would say it started with my own experience of mm-hmm. feeling that loneliness when I was in Knoxville and I was a mom or still am a mom with three kids. And I was with my husband. He was working a lot. We had three little kids and it was just really hard to make new friends when, when I got there and I had never experienced that level of loneliness before. And I figured if I was going through it and I have, you know, I've moved all over, I'm not afraid to go out there and put myself out there and meet new people. Um, But if I was going through it, then I imagined a lot of other people were probably going through the same thing. And so before I had done my blog and my book, I actually started a company called Friend Matchup, which was sort of like match.com, but for for people moving to a new city. And it was really fun and it was great, but I did not have the capital I needed to make it, you know, as big as it needs to be in order to attract people in a certain area. But the response was overwhelming where people from all over the world were reaching out to me and saying, you know, I just moved to Paris, I just moved to Seattle and I've been looking for something like this. And so I knew that that other people were in this same situation and when I started writing my blog and my book, I would get a lot of responses like from my blog readers about this. And I study all the positive psychology research and the happiness. And there were two things that constantly came up. One was the focus on personal relationships and how critical that is to our happiness. And the second one being gratitude, that you really need to be grateful for what you have in order to, um, in order to be happy. And so the seed of, of wisdom was because of my own experience, but also because of all the research that is out there and how important it is to focus on our relationships in order to be happy. And there's a new book that came out that I would love for us to chat about uh, that is, again, just restating this principle of how important our relationships are. Oh, that, I mean, it really is. What What's the book? Um, it is called The Good Life by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz. And it is based off of a Harvard study that was ongoing that started 85 years ago, mm-hmm. where they had over 700 participants that were half were Harvard students, and then half were um, boys that lived in the in the Boston area. And they followed them over their lifetime, where they would interview them every two years, and see of all kinds of questions of things that were going on in their life, and study their happiness over their lifetime. And since then, they've also included family members from those participants and just seeing, okay, well, what what makes a good life? And the overwhelming answer was the social relationships. And they call it social fitness, which is a very interesting concept of, of how do we you know, feed our relationships, how, you know, planting the seed, but more than that, like you need to nurture your relationships and your friendships. And uh, I think that's, it's just so critical. Well, and, and you make up, you know, it makes such a good point because it is about friendships, not just a romantic partner too, because one person can't be everything for us. And I've seen that with certain relationships, when they depend on each other too much, it becomes too much pressure, you yes. know, and, and it's going to explode. Whereas it's just, it's always, I always notice how much healthier it is when both people have their guy friends, their girlfriends, their, you know what I mean? They're, they they have their people to be there for different things. 
So, so people for can sure. be there for their strengths. Yes. That's interesting you bring that up, Rachel, because they have a spreadsheet in their book where it has different columns of what does this person provide to me? Is it uh, stability? Is it you know the romantic side of it? Is it um, someone that I laugh with? And so it's this is not for romantic relationships, it's for all relationships. And that it is important to see, okay, well, this friend is someone I love to go to the gym with, but might not be the person that I would confide in because of you know X, Y, Z or whatever. And so having different people in your life that bring you that joy, not one person can be everything that you need. And, um, and so I, I do, I love the way that they have the spreadsheets in, in the book where you can think about, okay, what, how does this relationship help me? But then on the flip side, it also said, okay, well, how about you write down those same people that are your friends and what do you provide to them? How, and so I thought that was really cool to think about that of like, yes, what am I giving to these friends and how can I be a better friend? Uh, and it's, it is good to see the whole picture. There was another study, I don't remember when it was done, but uh, where just talking about how important small relationships are where you're just going to the coffee shop and the person you see every day just to say hi, uh, where it doesn't have to be someone that you are talking to, you know, your closest friends, but just those daily interactions and how important they are in our life and our happiness. Well, and, and it, it's, a, it's such a great point. And I love that, you know, one of the ways I learned this concept was um, I was actually in a codependent relationship that was very toxic. And I was in Al-Anon at the time. And my sponsor told me, don't go to the hardware store for bread. <laughs> and so it just got me thinking about people's strengths and people's weaknesses. And we can't all be strong at everything. You know, we are going to have different strengths. And so we are going to be able to be better at different things and celebrating for people for what they're good at. You, we have friends that make us laugh. That should be encouraged, not, not expecting them to be there when, when we're in a heavy emotional time where we're not ready to laugh, you know, but I just loved that concept because it really helped me connect. Don't expect people to be where they're not, you know, Absolutely. and it takes that anger out of it. You know, I don't expect them to be someone they're not by just because I'm in a specific place. And yes. that really helped me. So I definitely think this is all so important because these relationships really do can increase our happiness or our sadness based on our expectations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also, I talk a lot about decluttering in my book, but mm -hmm. that's for stuff, right? But mm -hmm. I do think it's important with relationships as well, that you only have so much time here. And so they that's something to think about how are we spending our time who are we spending our time with and so as we kind of write down this list of focusing on these people like what do they bring well if there's someone that you're spending a lot of time with and they're not checking any of those boxes and like you mentioned like being in a toxic relationship then figuring that out and seeing it on paper seeing things stuff on paper really makes a difference when you're writing it down you're like oh wow okay i didn't see that um and so taking the other side too just again our time is limited so who are we spending our time with and how are we spending our time and it's so there's um i wrote down these numbers because i thought this was interesting and so i'm going to be looking at my sheet here so if i live for 50 more years 
I have 18,250 days of my life left. And so when you think about who are you spending your time with, and they do talk about this in The Good Life, uh, there are a couple of my friends who live out of state and I love them. They've been my closest friends for since one of them I've known since we were four years old. So if we see each other one weekend a year, which is an effort, right? We're all busy, like trying to get together. Then I will only see them a hundred more days in my lifetime. And I was thinking about my friends who live close by that we, you know, we all have kids, kids are busy in sports and whatnot and it shows. And so we try to get together once a quarter where we like get everyone together. We do something fun. And so I figured if we're getting together once a quarter, then I didn't write down all the math. Now I'm thinking about it. I was like, oh, wait, now I have to figure it out in my head. Um, let's say we spend four times a year. Let's call it six hours, which might be more than we would spend. So that is only one day, one day in the entire year that we're spending together, which means we have 50 days left in my lifetime. And when you think of all the hours we spend on social media or, you know, online or whatever, and how much time is spent with that versus these are the most important people in my life, other than my family, you know, talking about my friends. And that's it. That's that. Those are the number of days that I'm spending with them in my life. And so I try to make a concerted effort to find those relationships that mean a lot to me and, and, and figure out a way for us to see each other. Yeah. I, oh, <laughs> I agree so so much with everything that you're saying. I, I know people can't see me when you're talking, but I I am just smiling and nodding the whole time, because um, and with Zoom it has helped me so much and FaceTime and all these new things since um the pandemic happened that I am able to spend more time with the people that highly impact my life because of these things, you know because. I can, I can make a scheduled time to meet with people and, and even to have these kind of conversations with you, you know, it's, it's connecting in a way that is unique and special, but it has deep impact on me. You know, every time I, I have each of these conversations, I just love it. So I'm getting so much out of this this uh, conversation. So, so I'm so happy you showed up. Now, what did you find was the hardest part of when you were down to really go out there and make that effort? Yeah, you know, again, for me, it's not that hard to go out there and make the effort. I know for a lot of people, that step is the, is a hard step of mm -hmm. just getting out of the house and getting out there. For me, that was something that I, I don't mind doing. Uh, the hard thing was just being in a community where everyone really knew each other already. It was a very close-knit community. And so people were really, really friendly and nice and kind, but they just weren't looking for another friend because they already had their groups of friends. And so for someone who is moving to a new city where you're in that sort of environment, for what I found to be helpful was to find the other people who were also new in town. And so that is, you know, you get to meet people who are in your same situation, who are also looking for friendships. And one other thing that I, I recommend when people are moving to a new city or just being in a new environment is just going and doing something that you love. It doesn't have without the idea that you're going to make new friends. And so changing my mindset instead of where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something I enjoy. And if I meet someone great, if not, that's cool too, because I'm still doing something fun. And so when we moved here uh, to Wilmette, which is in the Chicago area, I was moving back up North again, I'm from Florida. So I figured, all right, 
you know, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm going to be in winter. So I just started taking ice skating lessons. It was an adult ice skating group. And it was great because I got to do something different. I met some new people. And then every year I challenged myself to do something new. And so the following year, I started taking knitting lessons. And that was a whole other experience. It was really fun. And then I started doing group guitar lessons. And um, so each year I would just meet different people. And more, for me too, it was something that like filled my soul because I was doing something new, kind of scary, like frustrating because I didn't know how to do it. And yet by the end of the year, like I knew enough that I was okay. You know? And so you get past that frustration of being like, oh, I'm not good at this. And, uh, and you meet a lot of new people and just building relationships within the community. So I, I do recommend thinking about how you can improve your own life and what brings you joy instead of necessarily going out there with the express purpose of meeting new people. I, so I agree with that in such a deep way only because when I was so frustrated with not attracting healthy relationships and I really, when I really dove into myself, I had decided to have a love affair with myself and that's what I did. I went out and did all the things that I loved to do. And once I started doing that and was in the energy of doing the things I love to do, that's when I attracted to someone, attracted someone who liked the same things I like to do. And I do, I find that with friends too. Um, with, with what I, you know, with being an author, I've met so many incredible friends through the process, through doing different Zooms, doing different, you know, groups on uh, Facebook and everything, and then got to actually have a more intimate relationship with these people. So it is so true that if we just put our energy into what we like to do, we're going to attract people, whether whether that's our focus or not, it's just because we're in the energy of doing, following our passions. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're, when you're showing that excitement and you're just in the zone, number one, you attract like-minded people that are also interested in, but like you said, I mean, you're, you're radiating positivity uh, versus when I was really wanted to meet friends, like I, I could feel desperate. I was lonely. I wanted to meet people and you could smell that desperation. That is very obvious whether you're in a room, you know, looking for romance or looking for a friend, that's not the vibe you want to send out. But if you're there and you're like having jamming on your guitar and having a great time, well, that, that just is a different sort of energy that you're putting out there. So we're going to wrap up this part of the segment and go uh, get ready to go beyond the seed, which is available on YouTube at from a loving place only. So everything else you could see on Facebook, you can listen to on Spotify, Apple music and Google podcasts. And I think I got them all. There might be more anchor, <laughs> but, uh, you we're going to take it beyond the seed because this is a very important thing to understand is the difference between the energy of lack and the energy of abundance. And that's the difference that we give off when we go in from that desperation versus that feeding our passions. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Make sure to follow the links that accompany this episode. You will learn a lot more about today's guest and see what they have going on now. 
You will also get all the links to follow them on their journeys if this seed resonates with you. Come back next week for another Seed of Wisdom. If you loved what you saw or listened to, don't forget to subscribe to the channel.